Welcome to In Your Area, a podcast designed by area to update, educate, and refresh realtors, brokers, and industry stakeholders on topics that matter most to you. Listen on the go, in your car, at a coffee shop, wherever your day takes you. This is a podcast designed with today's busy realtor in mind. And now, here's your host for the second half of Realtor Be Safe, Jennifer Gilbert. Okay, so we were just discussing uh, how our social media is out there. So another tool that we can use as realtors is when we know that we're going to meet a client that we're unfamiliar with, if um, if we haven't had the opportunity to meet them in the office, social media does work both directions. Great point. We can do a little bit of homework on them as well. Um, you know, so just add, again, just that um, adds to that, that safety perspective, um, see what we can find out there on them. And then have having all those other buddy tools and systems, or even just bringing somebody else with you. Absolutely. So the next uh, thing I kind of wanted to discuss was just going into actual, you know, um, not just how we present ourselves, you know, blinged out with jewelry, but but property, right? We're, we're in people's property. We have property. Um, You're responsible. We're responsible. Yes. yes. So, um, so any thoughts on, on the property crime aspect of things as opposed to the personal aspect. Yes, because your response should be much, much different. We're talking about a personal attack or a personal crime, and we talk about having the clear bottom line, having a plan, and that could involve a physical component. I do not recommend for people, if someone tries to steal your stuff, whatever that might be, that there should be a physical component at all. Don't ever fight for things. That's sort of a really big point because it's not worth it. All that bling, all those things can be replaced, so never get into a physical altercation over things. Having said that, we can prevent these these scenarios from occurring in the first place. One of the things that we were kind of discussing was carjackings. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were talking prior to being on air here about the Kijiji, someone trying to sell their car, so meet me in the dark parking lot turns into, well, potentially it could be a violent crime uh, against the victim who's trying to sell his car or even just his car or his her car being stolen. This is a perfect setup when you think about it for realtors because they can be taken out to isolated areas very easily because that's your job. And so how do you prevent becoming a victim of a carjacking? A couple of things. Obviously, as I said earlier, get there early. Scope out your environment. See who's there. If you show up in some parking lot and you see two other cars idling with four people in each car, that's probably something I used to call a clue. (laughs) Keep going. Um, And then, of course, if in the carjacking thing, someone comes up and they're already at your window, it's not feeling good. Lock your door. Lock your door if they're trying to talk to you through the closed window. Number one, drive away. But if it's evolving in real time where you don't know it's actually going to become a carjacking yet and you want to speak to someone, roll down your window a centimeter. People can actually hear you through closed windows. Do you have any idea how many impaired drivers I talk to through closed windows? They can hear you, right? So having your doors locked at all times. I just want to segue a little bit into what if now you're in the vehicle with them, because this would be a common practice with realtors. So you're driving out and about, you've been directed to go to location A, which you're not feeling comfortable. For whatever reason, your intuition's telling you this is going sideways very fast. What do you do then? Well, I'd like to suggest you could jump out of your car. Again, it's just stuff. If they take your car, 
something called insurance, you're going to be okay. Uh, making sure you had your cell phone with you, as you mentioned earlier, is a prime example of the necessity of this. And it needs to be charged. Don't yes. go <laughs> Don't yes. go into the boonies showing acreages with your phone at 13%. Yes. <laughs> sounds like you're speaking from experience. I don't know. It sounds a bit familiar. Someone else's experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I told you so. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, having those things planned ahead of time, as far as being in the home, when you're showing homes and you're responsible for your client's property, that's being switched on. That's not you on your phone checking your emails or texting someone back. You're watching people as they're going through a home that you've been entrusted with. What are they doing in each room, etc.? Not in a, a kind of a creepy way, but you're just keeping an eye out for possibly things, putting things in their pockets. Again, you're back to awareness, situation awareness, paying attention. But my big point in that is if it is a property crime, Give it to them. Do not fight for it. As you mentioned prevention, don't be coming in with thousands of dollars worth of jewelry and $20 bills you know, hanging out of your pockets. That's, that's, that's not target hardening. And for our clients as well with their homes, I always suggest to my clients to put away those family jewels. Put and away yes, those yes, important items yes. that you don't want to leave your jewelry box sitting on the, on the, the dresser. Uh, while we're having an open house or even just even just while it's listed period put those special things away nobody needs to see them they're there to look at your house not your stuff which applies for your own vehicle when you're driving people around absolutely having things out in the open possibly not lock it up in the trunk so I just wanted to go back there to your conversation about um, pulling up to a situation, feeling uncomfortable, unrolling the window, speaking to them. Everything is telling you, no, I'm not getting out. Um, at that point, I think it's really important to go back to the fact that your personal safety is far more important than hurting somebody's feelings or being polite. Absolutely. And if I have ever had to say to somebody, look, I'm feeling uncomfortable with this situation. Uh, I didn't lose the house deal over it. Exactly. Not ever. If anything, they respected me more for the fact that I could stand up for myself. I could look at a situation and say, look, this isn't right. I'm just going to need um, to reschedule this for tomorrow, or I'm going to need to uh, 15, right. 15 minutes and have my safety measure and my tool in place um, so that I'm comfortable in moving forward. I or think that I think in those situations that you should not feel bad about using a white lie or something to uh, mm-hmm. when you're talking to somebody, say something, an emergency has come up. I'm really sorry. I'm going to have to reschedule. I will get back to you. I apologize. I have a cheeky sort of style to me. So mm-hmm. for me, it's always, I got to see a guy about a thing. Yeah. You know? Yes. Uh, I was followed in a city park here in Calgary once. I was walking my dog and I noticed someone behind me. And I was, I'm being honest, I was in a, not in a great state of awareness because I was in my own head. Let's face it, we've all done it. And as he got closer, he was following me in an area that was unusual. So I wasn't on a path system. So I knew clearly he was following me. And it, this is me as a cop. And even me, off duty, of course, in my own head was going, oh, no, he couldn't possibly be after me. Oh, no, does he know I'm a cop? You know, all these stupid things that are actually ridiculous because the answer is to no to all of those things. And it did for a fraction of a second, even in my mind, say, well, you're going to look stupid if you confront the situation. As fast as it came in is as fast as it went out because I realized this is ridiculous. I straightened up my body posture. I stood up tall. I turned around and put my hand out in his face. I won't say exactly on air what I said to him because that would be inappropriate and unprofessional. But it was something to, along the lines of what are you doing and why are you following me? His response was palpable. 
because if he thought I was a victim, as he did, uh, approaching me, my entire change of not looking, you know, I could care less if I was looking stupid, changed his mind completely. He hightailed out of there without another word. If he was there to ask me the time, who cares? I strongly suspect it wasn't. And then I went home, changed my underwear and called the police. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But it was the other way around. I phoned the police and I changed my underwear. I'm still kidding. (laughs) But the point is that fear of looking foolish, get rid of it. Because if something is alerting you in your gut that you can't consciously identify in the moment, which is fair, you probably will figure it out later, pay attention to it. Who cares about losing the deal if that's in your mind? Hesitation causes victimization. You can think about the whole situation after and the you pros can. and cons and go back to what may or may not have happened. And, and But yeah. at that moment, you have to listen to what you your gut is, is, is telling you. You might have a great story at dinner to tell your family about how you went ballistic over some poor gay yeah. who uh, tried to ask you the time. Yeah, lost like, that who, who cares? <laughs> yeah. you, you trusted your intuition. And at the end of the day, my tagline is, who goes home? Yes. Yeah. You go home. So pay attention to that. Don't worry about feeling foolish about it. Having said that again, if it's property crime, give it to them. It's not worth it. As a matter of fact, toss it over their head and run in the other direction. Don't toss and run in the same direction because that just causes confusion. But tossing and running in the, the opposite direction. Property crime is much different. Much, much different. Just give it to them. So we've had a lot of discussion about... Um about personal safety, technology, um, being prepared, intuition. Let's move on to what do we do with this after the fact? Something's happened to us. Something's happened to one of our coworkers. How do we deal with this from, um, from the victim kind of perspective and some of the emotions and feelings that come with us from being victimized. Right. And for us with the Calgary Police Victim Assistance Support Team, VAST is what we, we call ourselves now, we, uh, we support victims of crime and trauma. So we would be coming in if something happened, if something did occur. Uh, we get our information through the Calgary Police files uh, in different ways. We will sometimes get a call, it could be 24-7 in the middle of the night, yes. that an event has occurred and they would like us to in person or by phone or however we, we uh, find is working best for a victim support them uh, in the moment, but also offer referrals and information to them uh, going forward. Uh, we also have a call center where we get, every day we get the, uh, the we call it the download, the crimes, personal crimes, not property crimes, the personal crimes that happen every 24 hours within Calgary. And under the Canadian um, Victims Bill of Rights, victims of a crime have the right to be contacted and supported after a crime is committed. So we connect with every file in the city uh, that happens every 24 hours. So a lot of times it's by phone, mail, or in, in person. And we continue to support people in in cases where charges are maybe laid, that the victim goes to court, we do court support, we continue to support sometimes for years uh, to help people through the process. So while we're doing everything we can to try and avoid 
the victimization of, of the people that are, are in the real estate profession and in citizens throughout Calgary. We know it happens and it can happen, but also want you to know that there is support there and you are entitled by law to receive certain certain supports. So that, that in a nutshell is our role. And Jeff, you were talking about what happens on a police perspective and I can tell you uh, when we get the call. So in my role as one of the coordinators, I could be on call overnight tonight yes. and be the person that the police will call from the scene and say, we need fast and police what happens. Police love victim services. <laughs> and I can't say enough about it. Um, if you anyone listening has experienced some type of crime and they're maybe not coping as well as they thought they maybe could be, mm-hmm. I can't recommend victim services enough. Like just the, this is a group of people, and this is all over the province, by the way. There are victim services attached to every RCMP detachment as well, so it's available everywhere throughout Canada. Throughout Canada. Yes. And this is what happens. From, from my shoes as a police officer, I attend uh, an assault. I attend a domestic. I attend um, even a robbery, for that matter. And when the people that the victim is in a state where we know they need extra support. The beautiful thing about being a police officer is we can try for a little bit, but then we have this magical thing called a radio and we can magically call victim services and we love victim services because then they show up and they make everything better. And truly, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of making it a bit glib, but <laughs> victim services is a police officer's best friend because it is traumatic. It is traumatic, and not just for the victims, but for the family. There's a um, tidal wave effect in some of these things. And and I guess that's one point we can bring up is, uh, so say something happened to a certain realtor in an office, that, and they're going through that issue, it actually reverberates out to everybody else yes, too, because it, it's it's so much becomes this realization of that could have been me. And Jen, what what can happen just to let to let you know that in those cases we have also gone to businesses that that impact of a trauma has spread out through other people, whether they were the direct the, the direct victim in a crime. You're exactly right. Those kinds of um, uh, fears and uncertainties, what do I do, What? how can I, I'm not coping well, I'm now not sleeping, that could have been me. Um, we've gone out in, in Paris and we can we can arrange to go to, to a real estate office or to a group and present or to talk to the people, try and find out what is going on with them. We don't do a presentation per se, but we really try to see what is the needs of, of, the, of the people that are struggling at that point. We have lists of resources and and, and supports that people can access and uh, and then you know continue to connect with us through our call center and 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 if something else comes up we will try and do our best to provide resources that may be helpful for, for people going forward and it isn't a cut and dry thing it isn't like after you know two weeks or a month you know oh you should just be over it Everyone reacts to an event in a different way. Plus, then court comes up possibly a year or two later. Absolutely. And they feel like they're, they've been re-victimized. The re-victimization mm-hmm. is a very real thing. It can bring the victim right back to that very moment yeah. when something happens. So we also, um, you know, with uh, referrals by the victims themselves or police officers, the detectives or the Crown, we support victims through the court process, through pr- preliminary hearings, and we support them 
them through trial. We're now doing not criminally responsible, supporting families. And and um, so our connection can be, you know, years. And, and throughout, again, all that process, victims are entitled to have the right to information. So we are able to provide them with the information as to what is going on with the case, when the next dates are. They are allowed to have names of accused. There's information that they have legal rights to. So if people have questions, uh, we are we are there to help help support them. And a lot of it starts from that initial contact after an event, after yes. a crime, when victim services originally reaches out to somebody. That's our first contact, but it can continue on and on from there. There have been cases where I've actually referred uh, people that have contacted me to victim services, but they haven't had the police interaction. Right. Because of my background being used to be a police officer, and now I do safety training and consulting, I go out and I speak. So I give presentations on the prevention, what to do, just like what we're talking about today. And I've been doing this quite a while now, and I often get emails, I get phone calls from people who've had even a circumstance like you had, where you're getting stalked or harassed over text, all the way through to it's maybe become potentially a crime, but they don't know what to do. So they haven't, and they'll call me because they know I have the background, but they know they're not committing to actually making a police report. Because sometimes, this might sound odd, and hopefully I'm not offending victim services, but there are circumstances where it might not be the right course of action to phone the police because of different wheels that get put into motion. Again, it really depends on the circumstances. But I get these calls, and I know... It might not be a police-related matter yet, or maybe never should be, and yet they still need support. Absolutely. We get, call, we get calls a lot of the times from amazing. something that is not yeah. police-file-related. Sure. And yeah. again, we are able to at least provide some information for them to go forward that may be more directed so they're not just spiraling in phone calls or trying exactly. to find numbers that will be the right, the right number to help or That's the right organization to help. That's wonderful information to know because I did is. not know that that victim services uh, was available for supports yeah. to to anyone without um, a police file interaction. Well, yeah, and and Jen, again, it could be that we would somebody needs some counseling and doesn't mm-hmm. have money or doesn't have an employee assistant program or something like that. We can we can offer some suggestions of places that they can that they can call to help them personally for and those emotional kind of, for those yeah. emotional supports and things like that. And if you are a, listed as a victim on a file, whether charges are laid or not, you are entitled to apply for financial benefits through the Solicitor General of Alberta. And there's a form that you fill out, and it's it's a monetary. Um, we don't we don't adjudicate it. It's adjudicated in Edmonton at the Solicitor General's office. But people outline how this um, this crime has affected them. Again, charges do not have to be laid in that particular instance. People just are not aware of that. Um, and um, again, our contact with victims, uh, we we outline that. Sometimes you're still in a state of trauma and shock yourself. So a lot of information doesn't come back. So you know, doesn't Satan can. So yeah, we encourage people to call us. I think that's important to know as well because, like you said, it's always easy for that moment of time to come back and get you two or three years later, mm-hmm. where oh. where even though you're you've got 
the intuition, you've got the awareness, you're paying attention, you have your tools, all of a sudden something can happen that just puts you right right back back. into that situation and knowing how to deal with them, perhaps that, that, that guilt or feeling like, did I, did I do something, um, to make this happen to me? All those types of weird things that our brain does to us when, when we're victims of crime. Those are common kinds of reactions and things that we hear from victims but absolutely people should not feel whether it's whether it's you're a victim of crime or it's a trauma a traumatic event that has happened that they need to just suck it up there are there are supports there are agencies within the within the city and the province that are here to help and and that's where our one of our mandates of support information and referrals is we can try and find those referrals that may be helpful for for people to to access and and move forward and um and deal with with uh the trauma that may continue this is awesome. We've really brought this full circle in it. So, um, so great to, to know that there are so many different opportunities available out there for those who are, have been harmed. Um, any other points that you guys wanted to bring up in regards to, um, to realtor safety or what we can be doing as, as realtors or, or humans out there, um, in the world interacting? You know, I, Deb, your your experience as a CPS officer and the fact that your your role now is safety is is invaluable. I think, and like I kind of teased at the beginning that yeah, I'm here when things happen. It's not quite, you know, it's it's it's. Well, we are very glad you are here. Thank you. Um, one of the yes. things that I do want to state about um, even about the the idea when a when a trauma does occur and say a police officer does call us for support. It does not necessarily mean that we're going to be sending volunteers out at that particular time because we have to, number one, be invited by the, and and usually the coordinator will talk to the victim themselves. They may be in such a traumatic state or may have people around them uh, that for the next few hours they're okay and then we'll follow up the next day or, or that kind of thing. I think it's really important that that people know that if we're not there at that very moment for whatever reasons that get um, talked about they're still not left alone and that we are there to we are there to support and um, I think that's a really important thing to know but definitely uh, we have the call center but we also have the 24-hour call line that the police access us for too and we love doing it yeah we always say oh the police are really I think they want us there because the police officers (laughs) really they they don't like the crime they can deal with all the stuff and it's it's it's, so sad but they do they have to get also they have to get on to their next there's there's another crime that's happened yeah Yeah, there's there's a unfortunately unfortunately Mm -hmm. but that but that is the reality and um, what we like to do then is also follow up with the police officers now with either an email or something and let them know what's happened as a follow-up with us in those calls just because I think that these police officers what a what a difficult thing to come to an event and then leave and not really know what happened because they're very caring mm-hmm. very caring yeah. people too and you know what I'd like to say to people just as in a general sense when it comes to personal safety because one of the risks of a podcast like this is people will become fearful because we brought it to the attention That is not our intention. As a matter of fact, we want to have people not be fearful in these circumstances. And here's a little tip. 
If you're feeling uncomfortable, let me put it in broader terms, what I want people to do with this information, go from here and think about all the places in your life that you feel potentially vulnerable, and we all have them, right? If, if we're human, we have them. My husband had them, and he was one of the big, tough tech guys. Now he's not. <laughs> hey, we all get older. But um, he has areas of vulnerability because he's wise enough to know that things happen. Evil does exist. And some people do have bad intentions. So here's what I want you to do. If you are feeling uncomfortable about any type of situation, whether it is related to your job showing homes, whether it's related to out walking and running in parks, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is you do, whatever is the patterns of your life, you feel uncomfortable about something, do two things. Create a bottom line, meaning make a decision. If I was attacked, will I fight or not fight? Simply by making that choice will give the people about a 60% chance of them freezing. God forbid everything, anything happens because they would have thought about it ahead of time. So create a clear bottom line and then make a plan around that situation and then leave it. Do not dwell on the plan. People who dwell on plans, safety plans become the paranoid thing and that actually becomes a fear ritual, which we want to avoid. So have a clear bottom line, create a plan around whatever that circumstance is that's kind of freaking you out, and then leave it. If that situation ever appeared in real life, they will be able to draw upon the decisions they made. Could even be 10 years later, oh yeah, I decided how I was going to handle this. 10 years ago, and it will come to you. Ergo, sort of preventing that freeze factor again. Be smart, not fearful. Absolutely. Yeah, have a, have a plan, tuck it away somewhere. Don't live in fear with it, but know that it's there should you ever need it. So one thing that comes to my mind when you bring up um, focusing on those places that you could feel fear um, yes. is not to also make preconceived notions about people or places. Uh, affluence or or beautiful hotels or um, a, a gorgeous busy park doesn't necessarily equal safety either. So you, so, um, you could be in the little listing north of the railroad tracks and be <laughs> and be in just as a dangerous position as a multi-million dollar listing. Absolutely. We have preconceived ideas, I think, and you have to put those away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what does evil look like? It, it doesn't. Yes. It doesn't. That is so true. Mm-hmm. I'd like to thank you, Deb and Lynn, for your words of wisdom, some really great communication, some great tips. Area members, we want to hear from you. Your feedback and suggestions for future podcast episodes will be critical to making sure we make this the strongest resource for you. We invite you to send that feedback through communications at albertarealtor.ca. Thanks to all who took the time to listen today. We hope to see you next time we are in your area. 